another episode of the Joy for Ministry podcast. I am so glad you are here. Today, I'm going to be talking to our good friend, Sam Reed. If you haven't heard our previous podcast together, actually, I think we've done two now. But her first podcast, we talked about some of the struggles that Sam faced early on in her ministry. She talks about finding her identity and being who she is and not who she thinks she should be as a pastor's wife, as a woman in ministry. So we wanted to come back and just touch on that a little bit. I know that you will be blessed and encouraged. Also, I want to encourage you, please rate us. Please subscribe, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, and also share us with your friends. Stay tuned. Hi, Sam Reed. Hi, Joy. Welcome back. We're back. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I just want everybody to know that Sam Reed and I were singing just to prove that we cannot sing. (laughs) We cannot sing. Well, you can sing better than I can. That's for sure. I mean, anybody can literally, anybody can sing better than I can. That's a lie from the pit. You sounded so great. (laughs) (laughs) Celine would be proud. So proud. So proud. And Tina Turner would be proud of you for your your tunes. For sure. Simply the best. It's a really good song. I mean, it really is. (laughs) You know, and talking about like singing, let's just jump right in. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So before you became a pastor's wife, now this is a subject that you mentioned in your interview talking about expectations mm-hmm. and kind of fighting those of like how you thought you should be versus just being right. yourself. So right. let's talk about that. What were some things that you thought a pastor's wife looked like before you became a pastor's wife? Let's so just shout them you, out here. Before I came to be back, now that. Okay, ready? Before I became a pastor's wife, sorry, real life folks, messing up my words. Before I became a pastor's wife, um, I don't know, I feel like growing up, like you just had this this picture of the pastor's wife. She, of course, could sing. Of course, of course. She wore big bows in her hair. What? <laughs> I've never heard that one before. What pastor's wife do you know that wore big bows in her hair? No, focus here. She could sing. She was super bubbly, giggly, just like you right now. <laughs> no. She could play the piano. She, she could play the piano for sure. Piano or um, tambourine, of course. Oh, what? <laughs> Who plays the tambourine anymore? And you got on me know. about bows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So super outgoing, uh, bubbly, could sing, was always just always put together, well-dressed, well-led like women's she, ministry, led the women's ministry, helped in the children's ministry, cooked for the potlucks, attended all the events, kept all of her children in order. Like, I don't know. That was just the, the picture that you grow up with. I don't know that I grew up with of pastor's wives. And it's not even that necessarily the pastor's wives in my life portrayed that, but that's just what I feel like was expected of them. That's what you were supposed right. to do. And super friendly. Like that was something I had in my head. Like the pastor, I've had to be super friendly, super friendly and outgoing and just be, could be able to talk to anyone about anything all the time. Right. So 
I mean, we did it with some humor, but there, but yes. there really is a truth to that. Like you, when you get married and you become mm-hmm. a pastor's wife, you have in your head, these things of how you should be. Yeah. So what are some of those things that you really placed on yourself? Like, okay, I have to live up to X, Y, Z. Um, I really put on myself the outgoing, super bubbly. And I mean, another thing was like super spiritual, like they could always pray and they were like super close to the Lord, read their Bible every single day, knew the Bible really well. Of course. I mean, come on, your husband's a pastor. You have to know the Bible really well and all that jazz. And so that, that was a big one for me. I mean, especially my husband, I love him so much, but he just remembers everything. He remembers everything. (sighs) He has like a really, he has a photo what's it called? Photo, not photogenic. I want to say photogenic every time. Photographic. Photographic. Oh my gosh. (laughs) He's going to laugh so hard because I said it on the podcast. Photographic. I always want to say photogenic. He's, his mind (laughs) is so pretty when remembering things. Photographic memory. He can legit just, he'll read a page and then you can just see it in his brain and he just remembers it. And so he knows his Bible very, very well. And because we are a couple and I was like, we're together we are, you know, portrayed together. I thought I had to know all that. I had to be super spiritual, had to be super outgoing. And I, and I put all that stuff on me. And yeah. then I felt bad that I couldn't sing because I really can't. And I just felt this guilt because I wasn't fulfilling some of those boxes that I should be. Yeah. So. I, th- I love that you're saying that because it's so funny. It's the same thing. Like my husband is very knowledgeable about the Bible and I have this problem mm-hmm. I thought it was because like I'm getting older, but I just think it's the way I've generally been. I cannot remember things. Like mm-hmm. I'll have him tell me about stuff in history because he's also a big history buff all the time because I, I just forget. It goes in one ear and I find it fascinating, but then I forget it. Like mm-hmm. I cannot retain information. Even I'm, I'm very much a feeler. So like when I'm reading the Bible, when I feel something, that's what I retain. Like, yeah. I want like when God does something to me, I'm changing my heart. But if I'm just like looking for knowledge, it doesn't stay in my brain. I Google Bible verses all the time. Like people don't believe me when I tell them. Like if like I remember little things about like a verse. Like if I knew a verse and about I don't know whatever the deer pants for the water. I know yeah. it's a verse in in Psalms. I will literally Google deer pants for the water scripture because I don't remember where it is. If I'm like speaking on stage and I know I'm trying to remember scripture, I literally will just be like in the Bible, it says, because I don't know where it is where my husband will be like Isaiah 54, 27 through 35. This is what it says. And I'm like, how do you do that? And I, and I always felt bad that I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that like him. Yeah. But I cannot, so I can't do that either. Um, and it's, my husband is very practical. He goes to the knowledge and I'm like, I'm and he, he does have some of that like feeling stuff of course, and I'm yeah. the total, I'm like all feeling and all, what is God doing? And I, that's how I, I seek scripture. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just always feel like there's something wrong with me because I just can't retain anything, but whatever. So, so so you have these expectations and now what did mm-hmm. that do to you? Like you, you step into ministry and you have these expectations of how you should be. What was that doing to you? Were you trying to live up to those? Were you like, did it make you like freeze in your tracks? Like I can't do this. It was, it was overwhelming and it was very, um, 
it was just hard. It was hard trying to be someone that I knew I wasn't, but felt like I had to because this was my role. Like when you first, um, when we first talked and you asked, I see, I can't remember. I don't remember what your question was. <laughs> it was like something about like, how did you know when you were, you were supposed to be a pastor's wife? Well, for me, I didn't, I didn't necessarily say like, oh, I'm meant to be a pastor's wife. I just knew that I was meant to be with my husband. And so he was in ministry. And so that, that just placed me in ministry. So for me, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be with Doug and he's in ministry. So this is what I have to do. I have to be these things because this is, this is what I chose. I chose him. I chose this. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to be someone you're not. And then you, you really can't focus on anything else but that. And it's over exhausting and overwhelming and it's just hard. And it is, it's, it's no way to live. Right. And so were you, because I know for me, what I was trying to do is I was trying to where whatever circle I was in, I was trying to conform to what I thought I should be. Mm-hmm. So is that something that you like struggled like that you were doing? Were you conforming or did this like make you step back from ministry and be like, I'm out of here. I, I can't handle this. No, I feel like I tried to conform, but that doesn't last very long. You yeah. can't do that. For, for, you can't do that for long. So what led you to that point where you were like, I can't do this anymore? Oh, I just got tired of it. I mean, we were, we were in ministry together in New Jersey and um, my husband was a youth pastor. And after a certain point, I was just, I guess it kind of brought me to the point where I was like, I don't really want to do this anymore because I can't keep it up. I can't keep up trying to pretend that I'm this person when I'm not. And it's funny because that was just stuff I was putting on me. My husband didn't put those expectations on me. And I mean, I guess some people at church did, but not ever, like no one ever voices those expectations right. like that. Um, and so I just assumed this is what everyone right. was like, oh my gosh, well, she has to do this. And I can't believe she's not doing that. And so, and after a certain point, I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And I just said, I'm tired of being someone I'm not, I'm like my, I can't live my life like this. Like minis- this isn't what ministry is. Right. And and I'm, and I'm not to say I did a total 360 turn the other way and life's been dandy ever since, but I, I have come to the point where I'm like, this is me. This is who the Lord wants me to be. And I, that's what I need to focus on. Just who the Lord wants me to be, what the Lord expects of me and not what these people do. Yeah. So, and I love myself. what, and I love what you said that, you know, you were assuming people were thinking this, like a lot of times these expectations are completely self-imposed. Like oh, absolutely. we're, we're putting this on this and on us and nobody else says now I'm sure there are exceptions there. People right. do have, ex- I mean, trust me, people have said things to me. I know people have expectations. Um, but a lot of times we put it on ourselves or sometimes mm-hmm. people have expectations and don't say it. And we're just like, you know, sitting there like imagining these great big things in our head. Um, right. but I think that you are so strong. Like I know, you know, I've, I've seen you and how you have fought to just be yourself. And not only have you done that, but you're also like, I'm at my best when I'm myself. And I, I love that about you. I love, I love your strength in that because people go their whole lives trying to like weave in and out of how they think they should be. Yeah. There's no point in, in trying to conform to what people think you should be or, or this unrealistic thing. Like, do I want to grow? Absolutely. Like, do I want to be better? 
and do things better in life and and always be moving forward. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I have to move forward in what anyone else thinks yes. except the Lord. So, so because how, that's what it does. It stops you from growing. Yeah. 100% is you're so focused. You're not focused on the right things. Right. You're, you're living in fear of, you know, um, yeah. how you should be. Yeah. So how can you like, what would you say to somebody else? Like, how can they stand firm on this is me when you feel like people expect something different of you? You just have to, I would say you just have to focus on yourself and the Lord. And you have to figure out who that is first, because once, when you're trying to pretend to be something else, you're, you, and you don't know who you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to do. It can be very confusing. And it's like, and it's either, I don't know, or I know this isn't right, but this is at least an option type thing. And you're kind of, and so I can get how that, like, that was hard for me because it was like, all right, well, I'm not supposed to be this interesting person, but I have no idea who I really am. Yeah. And sometimes you need to take the time to really get alone and, and just focus and just pray and figure out who you are and what you like and how you learn. And like, like you said, like I'm, and, and be okay with saying, I do this differently, or I'm not good at this. I'm terrible at remembering scripture and yeah. be okay and confident right. in that. So. Yeah, I agree. I, and I was talking to somebody actually last night about your identity in God and who God says you are mm -hmm. and not trying to, you know, measure up to something and, and being confident that you're yeah. not being confident so that you're not controlled by people's expectations and yeah. you're being obedient to what God has called you to do, not what you think people want you to do. And yeah. I was, it's funny cause I was reading, I was looking over some of my older blogs from last year and I pulled one up about UBU. Um, and I was talking, and I, in one part, I'm like, I'm just a like sweatpants wearing <laughs> real housewives of New Jersey loving. Like I've tried to be different things. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be who I am and I want to be confident of my identity in Christ. Yeah. You know, he, he has made me who I am and called me to ministry. So if he's calling me, why am I trying to change myself? Yeah. And he's the one who knows you the best. Right. So exactly. he put you in, he put you in this spot for a reason. He made, he put Doug and I together for a reason. And he, it's not like he was like, God's up there. And he's like, Oh, Sam and Doug fell in love and they're getting married. Wait, he's going to be a pastor. Oh man. Now she's going to be pastor's life. I got to change some things. Like, no, like, right. he knows. like, uh, one of my favorite lines is nothing catches God by surprise. He's not surprised by any of this. And exactly. so he knows exactly who you are and he put you in your spot for a reason. And so just be confident. Confidence is the biggest thing. And I know that is something that so many women struggle with is being confident. Yeah. Yep. And sometimes it starts with praying for it. Yeah. It just starts with praying ask. for it. Yep. Mm -hmm. So talk about the difference from your ministry, um, in your ministry from when you were trying to live up to these expectations to when you just freed yourself to be who you are? So I'd say before I, when I was uh, trying to live up to these expectations, I wasn't, I wasn't even really doing ministry. I wasn't mm. helping other people because you're so inward focused on 
me? What does everyone think of me? I'm not doing this right. You can be, you're being very selfish. It's a very selfish season right. because it's all about yourself and what you're doing or other people think about you and am I doing this right? And so, and it's like, you're just running in place. You're running, you're doing all yes. this stuff. You're exerting all this energy and your legs are, are moving, but you're literally not going anywhere. Yes, that's and then so you get good. To a, and then you get to a certain point where you're like, all right, I'm done with this. And then you, it's kind of like you, you finally step off the treadmill and then you start walking and you start yeah. going and you start actually pursuing the Lord and growing and taking the focus off yourself and helping other people and admitting that you're wrong sometimes and all the things. So uh, 100%. And that's when I developed my love for ministry because I love ministry. I, yeah. I developed that when I started to be confident and walk out in, in being me. Yeah. So what would you say to a woman who may look at you and be like, she's got it together. She's a pastor's wife. I can't measure up to her. You can't, you can't compare. Uh, what does my husband say? You ready? Um, compare and compete and you'll live in defeat. Oh, that's says. so good. Thanks, Pastor Doug from Bridge of Hope Church in Ohio. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, my husband's got really good one-liners. Um, but yeah, you can't, you, there, there's just no, you just cannot compare. You just can't like, it's not like, okay, you can compare like a little bit and it'll be like, no, you can, you can never compare. Everyone's different. Everyone does things differently. Everyone's in different seasons of life. Everyone's in different, um, seasons with the Lord and doing things with the Lord and the Lord's yep. growing different things in everybody. And so I'm in this spot right now where I can confidently say, this is me, this is my ministry, and this is what I'm doing. And just because you can't say that right now doesn't mean you'll never be able to. Yes. That's and so, so good. you just have to keep moving forward. Keep asking the Lord, just walk, just walk at a, just walk, just keep going. Yes. I love that. I think that's so good. And that's so important. It's Jason always says to me, today is not forever. Like you could be in a season where, yeah. you know, God is working and you is showing you something, but you're so right. And I love that one liner that, can you say that one more time? Compare and compete and you'll live in defeat. That's all. I'm going to forget it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll text it to you later. <laughs> Thank you. That would be perfect. In yeah. one ear out there. <laughs> yep. You felt nothing from that, but you know, I'll text you tomorrow. It's all good. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to edit that out. No, just kidding. Yeah. This is real life, you know? Real life. Yeah. So I am going to end with this. Though so I, we, Sam and I certainly do not have all the answers. Absolutely um, not. But for, I am 100% sure that God has created us all different. Mm -hmm. and has a place, you know, he's called you, he will equip you in ministry. Absolutely. And so when we're not walking in who he has called us to be, who he has made us, mm -hmm. then we are not going to be using our gifts and the things that he has given us. We're going to be yeah. We're trying to be somebody else. So, and he's like, no, when you're you, you're going to be used greatly in the gifts that I have given you in the personality and the wisdom and all these things. So your differences are really treasures and Absolutely. really great things. Yep. So I'm sure we'll be doing more on 
pastors, wives, and women in ministry stereotypes. Um, yes, but we'd love, we'd love lot. to hear from you. Uh, what are some of the things that you assumed about pastors' wives that you had expectations, whether it's playing the tambourine or wearing a big dress? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. We want to hear them all. We want to hear all the things. All the things. And Sam is wearing a shirt that I need to get. It says choose joy. So we're going to leave joy. you with this. Choose joy in ministry and who you are and seek out your identity in Christ alone. Amen. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Please come back next week for another episode. Also check out our website, joyforministry.com. You can submit a prayer request. We have a team of women who love to pray for other women. You can send us an email, joyforministry at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out. We have some exciting things coming up that I cannot wait to share with you. Talk to you soon.